podcast. We're back at it. Special guest, my boy Monstro, aka Stro One. Los Angeles native, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, brother. West side the best side? Always, man. Crenshaw District. Man, I appreciate you being here. Shout out to the Crenshaw District, man. Um, there's a quite a few things um, that caused you to be an interesting guest today. And not that we have a box here as far as um, personalities on facts over feelings. However, you do kind of like somewhat fit outside the box. I had no idea we had a mutual friend in Mohawk Matt. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I shout know out to Mohawk the, uh, Matt. Yeah, shout out Matt. I know him from the uh, graffiti community. That's deep. Sure. Um, because Mohawk Matt was a um, prior guest here on Facts Over Feelings, mm. and he's a um, he's a I consider him a brother, man. He's a very uh, passionate, sincere, loyal dude. Yeah, he's solid. Yeah, I'm very familiar with his background mm. and all that, and I feel like he has actually redeemed the way he thinks about the world. But he's 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 a good dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, just getting started. Won't you give the listeners or the viewers a little bit of your background as to some of the things that you have been involved in that caused you to be on platforms describing your interests and your lifestyle? All right, a little bit about me. Um, <clears throat> I grew up on Vernon 10th Ave uh, over in the area known as the 40s. Um, I grew up in the Crenshaw District. Spoties. I was, uh, yes sir. Um, I participated in the graffiti movement, man. Um, I was from a originally from a crew called MBT, and they uh, went on to do other. What things. does MBT stand for, if anything? MBT stands for uh, nothing but trouble. Uh, I used to run with them in the uh, mid to late '80s. Uh, okay, mid to late. Went to a, went to a school called Audubon. We used to be up there uh, riding on buses and stuff like that. Autobahn Middle School. Yes, sir. That's yeah. right up from the Crenshaw Mall. Mm -hmm. Got the Krispy Kremes on the corner now right there. Yeah, we well, we used to be around there doing our thing before the mall uh, was even uh, built. Wow, so what year was the mall built? I would say around 89, 88, something, wow. something like so that. You can picture, Late 88. You can picture that property without the mall. Was exactly. it empty? Yeah, it, it, was, it was a construction site, and we used to go up there and uh, – come up on paint, spray paint, and shit the uh, construction workers would leave behind. That remind me of Devil's Dip when they was building the 105 freeway right there in the, in the lanes and in the millers. Yeah, my son stay over there in the lanes right now. They on the 110th and Fig. Do you remember Devil's Dip? Nah, nah, bro, I'm All right. on the west side, but. Um, Devil's my, Dip, my, just so, just let me clarify, when they, do the years they was building the 105, when they, moved all those homes out of there and knocked them down. Mm. There was these big ass dirt areas for years where the people with the motorcycles used to come and do their shit. Okay. The people people, the wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they had the little hills, the big yeah. hills and all that. And we used to even like take bikes up there, BMXs. I remember I had a story on the handlebars. I let my older cousin Rico from Millers on my mama mama. I'm the younger nigga up there with my brothers and my cousins on bikes. And I let this nigga, talked me into getting on my handlebars. He didn't have a bike. Uh, I got on my handlebars and went down a hill. And you know how it ended up. Yeah, you playing with the game, bro. Yeah, but go ahead, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, I go back to them days, man, Handle riding on handlebars and, and, and ice cream trucks and you know, all yes. out, all, all through the abs, man, the Vernon Avenues and Go shit. up tackle. Yeah, yeah, man, <laughs> all that shit. 
But um, <clears throat> yeah, so I, I be you know grew as an artist and uh, gotten to rhyming around like '92. So uh, you were when you said in in the '80s when you mm-hmm. was from K uh, MBT. Yeah, that's considered tagging. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's before the term tag banging. I don't like to put that on it because in, in our era, motherfuckers already had a reserved seat in certain sets. It's just that graffiti was so prevalent at the time, <clears throat> everybody was on it. So when you yeah. say you don't respect or accept mm. or identify with mm. the term tag banging, are you saying that I'm aware that the, the tagging culture is no longer and yeah. the large majority of it blended and fused with the banging culture? Yeah. Are you saying yeah. you didn't make that transition once the tag mm-hmm. culture that was purely tag? Well, I'm just saying I'm before that term tag banging. But did you, know you end I think up, it should be separate. Be, did you ever end up considering yourself a banger as well as a tagger or? or I mean, I had beef with people based on what crew I affiliated with. You know what I'm saying? It kind of kind of was, was transitioning into that. Cause I remember yeah. at one point, the tag community was somewhat of the good guy, bad guy way of not being a a nerd or or a bank. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It was like a uh the fork in the road. Yes. Either you gonna put the can down and pick this strap up or you you know, do whatever you do and shit. What you know what I'm saying? What it was like happened? a training ground and shit. What happened? Cause I remember like um the hello stickers and yeah. the markers and yeah. the bus shit. So and then I remember, because I had homies from K-Dub, I had homies from MBT, and a, other, a lot of other little cliques. And I remember when there was a difference between taggers and bangers, and then I remember when taggers started banging on each other without actually gang banging. Mm. And then I remember when tagging died, and then it was just all bangers. What yeah. caused that trans transition? Well, I mean, <clears throat> in the crew, in the graffiti community, you have motherfuckers that was seriously about the art, the craft of it, and then you have motherfuckers that was there to just fuck shit up, mm. you know what I'm saying? But it was all about about getting up, you know what I mean? Um, we stole all our clothes, we stole all our supri- supplies and shit, man. We was like a mob, that's when the term, you know, mobbing came out and shit. Motherfuckers used to write on shit and call it mobbing. What did they call that when y'all used to go on the racking? Was it racking, the- yeah. <laughs> he was a racker. I think it had the racks and shit. Oh, my, my, my. We, had the, we had the Walkman spot at South Bay, you know what I'm saying? We used to go meet up at the 40 stop and take the 40 the all the way to South Bay. Mall? Oh, this was this was uh, South Bay Mall, Galleria. Oh, the Galleria, okay, yeah. Artesia, all right. Yeah. Yep. What what spot was up there? Um, we had Tower Records there. Okay. Uh, we had Nordstrom's. That was the Jabot spot, the Stussy spot. You know what I'm Brand saying? Brand X, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then and shit, man. Fools used to rack tapes and shit. So tell me, is you being one of the original um, individuals tapped into the LA graffiti scene that hasn't gotten the same type of notoriety or look as the New York graffiti scene? Mm-hmm. Do you think your experience as a graffiti artist, as a youth, um, are similar to the New Yorks? Were you heavily inspired from what they did? Because when I think about graffiti as a culture and an art form, I think about B Street. Yeah. And we're exact same age. Mm. We're just months apart. And was your introduction from the to, to the art of graffiti similar as mine from the B Street type movies? Or where do you get that? Yeah, that it, um, <clears throat> it all came from, um, you know, the sunrise in the east. It sets in the West. So does the sea. You know what I'm saying? The uh, sea started in the E, the rest came from the West. That's uh, all. Go ahead. So, I mean, yeah, my exp- uh, influences 
came from that, you know, when Breaking came out and Ice-T was real prevalent at the time. I just wasn't, you know, I just stayed, my roots is West, you know what I'm saying? But we had, out here we had Ice-T, you know, Toddy T, Batarang, King T, you know, but it all definitely came from the West. They had subways, we had the RTD. The RTD. Yeah. What about up, when, you, when you, I'm coming from the east side, going up Slauson to the swap meet, mm. off to the right, that wall. Yeah. Have you ever yeah. been up on there? Yeah, yeah. Is that, is, that, is that like a spot to be? That Back in the days, it was, man. Okay. It, all, all the latest riders and new styles and all that shit, that was like one of them walls you had to be tapped into to be current in regards to like where graffiti was growing, was going and growing. I could imagine so. Sam, um, yeah. I, I worked as a uh, longshoreman at the docks and I get to see a lot of the freight. You had that ocean money. Oh, my mama, mama, God is good, blessed, yeah. blessed abundantly, man. Some people are laughing at nine to five, and then you just laugh back at them and don't even know, they don't even know why you laughing harder than they laughing, you Boy, feel me? Some for show money. What? Oh, my mama, mama don't like, but I get to see some of the art. Have you ever um, been active on the, uh, on that on the Slauson wall? No, no, no. You already said the Slauson wall. Yeah. About the freight, the trains. Oh, the because um, you know they go across the see. state. Is there anything? I, I always think about it like, damn. Mm. When I see a piece on one of those freights and I see the train leaving and I don't know where it's going, I wonder if they trying to show people elsewhere. Like I'm. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a line of communication from different states and shit. You know what I'm saying? You you get your name up and then see other names and stuff like that, but. It was a while where I kind of like detoured from graffiti. Like when I got to Crenshaw High School in like 91, I started getting into rhyming a lot mm. into like deep into the hip hop and stuff like that. So Lamert was mm. known for having a very rich underground scene yeah. for hip hop back then. Were you involved in that at all? Any of the, the Yeah, I, I was on the, the kind of like the outskirts of it because it was this, uh, uh, open mic event called Project Blow. Indeed. That used to happen um, every Thursday night. Shout out to all my Blow family, Freestyle Fellowship, you know what I'm saying? LA Cool, Rifleman, Mr. CR, all of them. But um, before that, they had The Good Life, which was on Exposition. That's what I remember too. It was an open mic thing, and um, they booed the shit out of Fat Joe when he tried to come <laughs> up there and shit. Cause, see, The Good Life, that shit was like, they had a no cursing policy and shit, which mm. I thought was kind of kind of lame and shit. So uh, Joe got up there cursing, they just like booting and shit. Yeah, but you know what? Like if you have to rely on cursing mm. to be dope or acceptable or cool or entertaining, then I kind of challenge your Pen. talent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I kind of, you know, I kind of, when it comes to being artistic, the game has gotten so random and freestyle that anything goes. I kind of prefer parameters. It right. brings the best out of me. Like I have a certain individual I work with over the years. His name is Jerome. Shout out to Jerome and AZ. He calls me every few years with a new project he's working on. And it's mm -hmm. like, hey, I'm working on this project. It's titled this. It's about this. I need a theme song. I want it to kind of feel like this. And I right. want it to be about this. I love that type of shit. Well, I mean, as an artist, man, you always got to push yourself, man. You don't want to stay... Mm. In one uh, in one box, the thing about it is you gotta be willing to make mistakes and hits and misses, True. and you know that that adds to your growth and integrity as a, as an artist. Indeed, you know what I'm saying. Were you ever involved with the um, whatever it is that causes people to try to get their name up in the most apparently impossible places? 
Have you ever done anything, got your, your, your tag up somewhere where you would think was impossible? And some of the places, this is a two-part question, yeah. some of the places that seem impossible, like some of them freeway spots and some mm. of that high shit, how do they pull it off? Man, them motherfuckers, they go on night missions and motherfuckers get on each other's shoulders, pause, mm. you know what I'm saying, get ladders and all kind of shit. You know, I ain't never really pound the pavement like that. When that shit came out, it was like kind of later on in the game. Like I said, I started writing in 87. And then around the 90s, and I, I kind of detoured, detoured from it and shit and got into, you know, other shit. Rhyming. You know, yeah, rhyming and, you know, caught a couple of cases, tried to sell weed and started getting into other shit in my neighborhood. And when you started catching cases at around what age and how far did be, being incarcerated take you off the path that you Let's were see, on? I mean, my first time in a controlled environment was uh, like, in fourth grade, 84, mm. I was, I, you know, my thing was starting fires and shit, you know, fucking oh, up. Oh, you a pyro. <laughs> hey, I throw throwing throwing rocks and shit. You know, you come on, man, you no, was some wild kids. Yeah, mischievous, you know yes, indeed. So I that was my like. first little stint at that. And then um, I first caught my actual case when uh, the motherfuckers started busting checks around like early 90s. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We used to go to the Wells Fargo up there on Sloss and come back with an envelope full of money and shit. And um, <laughs> yeah, got booked for that. And ended up in prison. Nah, nah. Oh, just, this is just, just I, I was okay. early on in my my little shit. Right, like, right. A few days and in, in the holding tank, and you know, I got on probation. Violated that. That's when I first seen the county. Okay. And what was what was was, the, was what was your experience? How old were you? Um, nineteen. Considered non affiliate. Yeah. Explain yeah. to us the experience of everything you heard of. And everything you thought about, and you hit the L.A. County Jail at the mm -hmm. age of nineteen, non-affiliate, the way it smells, the way it looks, the way it, what's what's it like? Man, um, my big thing, I heard a lot about riots and shit. You know what I'm saying? So I was kind of like settling in on the racial politics, and then I would know motherfuckers that's from my area, and then slowly start to get put in the car and shit. You know what I'm saying? You gotta. <laughs> Gotta watch who you affiliate up in here. You know, you feel me? Tory Lanez. Y'all, I, I went viral giving Tory Lanez advice saying be careful what type mm -hmm. of alliances you allow to be placed upon you without you realizing it. That's a very key thing. But go ahead. Tell yeah, Tory Lanez as uh, you tell him what he should do, because he's in your position right now and he's from out of town. Oh, all right, he trying to like get up under a car, like no, he, 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 start he's, late he's in the game. In L, and he's shit. In, no, he's in L, he's in CDC uh, and he's a non-affiliate. Okay. And I was doing an interview recently, uh, shout out to 360 Degrees, my boys, mm. and they just, we were discussing Tory Lane's plight in the California prison system. And I happened to just answer the question to the best of my ability at the moment, and other outlets have grabbed it since then. And it's kind of like titled Me Giving Tory Lane's Advice okay. as a non-affiliate in our if, prison system. If you ain't, if you ain't uh, about that ism at an early age like that, don't wait till you go to go to jail to start start pushing the line because that and you skipping a lot of training that you, you miss out on and your performance ain't gonna be, you know, your performance is gonna be wavering and it's gonna smell that on you and you just gonna be a target up in there. I have a son-in-law who I'm not sure what he's actually up to but when he came into my life, my daughter was still in high school, and his, because she lived with her mother, their relationship had developed to a point that I had no control over already. I probably would have tried to pace it out differently had I been involved. So 
when I became familiar with the dude, he presented himself as L7 square, bozo, goofy, <laughs> cool dude. And he had the persona and everything. Very shortly thereafter, I realized he was trying to claim Lantana. So I called myself, rest in peace to my nigga Young Flo from Lantana. We considered ourselves bullying him out of, I had the nigga that ran the young homies from Lantana, mm -hmm. basically tell him you can't claim Lantana for me. And ran him off, and then we pursued having the life together. And we, I had my my granddaughter, and da 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 da. He kind of got out of my immediate supervision and kind of reverted to some of his old tactics, and he's in prison now. Yeah. And I've been trying to advise him for the last few years to stick to the non-affiliate. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure how he's played it out, but some motherfuckers here non-affiliate and they think it's on some some buster, buster shit. shit or something. Oh you my mama, mama, tell him, man. At the end of the day, him, man. Shit, Talk man. To him, motherfuckers join gangs. I mean, in my experience, out of different reasons, everybody. No, go say. Gang. I know what you finna say. Ain't, ain't no front I'm line a gang hitter. banger, but say some what you was gonna say. Some, some motherfuckers join out of fear. Former some motherfuckers don't even they don't even be wanting to be from it, but get like punked into it. You know what I'm saying? And then when it's time to perform, the nigga Dirt Rock ain't really it. Cuz just no. did an interview four years ago, but it's going viral now. In, in that interview, he's talking about how he turned Southside. He said he was claiming something else in their hood. And the nigga Southside's told him, nigga, you better turn or we gonna rob you. And he tried to make that a, make it sound reputable that I turned Southside after. Rest in peace, Baby Lane. Free BGI on my low Mike DeRoe. But yeah, just imagine that. A nigga on there trying to sound as gangster as he can and said, I turned the hood because they said they was gonna rob me if I did. So I understand uh, what you're saying. But I and I'm not knocking yeah. the element of the game where I know a lot of niggas get pressed into turning the set. Mm -hmm. And if you not strong minded or from a family that really give a fuck about you, Mm -hmm. that care about you, a lot of people just fall victim to that pressure. You walk into school every day, them niggas that you being nervous of, bully, and if you ain't the person going back reporting to your parents, you got them kind of parents that ain't scared enough to get in your business, mm -hmm. that's how gang of niggas turn the set. And that's how we end up with so many busters from the set too, yeah. pressing niggas yeah. to do some shit they wasn't trying to do. I mean, we, we uh, let me see, this was right before MBT turned into a set, we had some shit called uh, Lamert Park Gangsters, and you had to get jumped, I got jumped on that, and you motherfuckers started that. So but they was mimicking gang banging yeah, without trying to gang bang. That's when the 40s came, was like, nigga, <laughs> <laughs> niggas making too much noise up here, what's happening? You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I, I still got respect from motherfuckers in my area based on me being me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't really have to follow or chase no, you know, or me too, or none of that shit. You know what I'm saying? As long as you stay, the easiest thing to be is yourself, man. I had some cousins from Perverse. How did the Perverse play into the K-Dub trouble politics? Was they intertwined? Yeah, some, somewhat. You know, you had uh, Perverse, Posers, Kings of Drags. Kings uh, of K-O-D, I remember You had uh, where Bone, uh, rest in peace, from WDC. We don't uh, care. Dirty yeah. Old Men, Eat Up. Eat up. You know, all, all them every little clicks and shit. Was it Every Man's Fantasy? Every, every Woman's dream? Fantasy, yeah. Yeah. I think they turned uh, Damu, I, I think, in the okay. valley and shit, yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. and not to try to incriminate or put you out there, so if you want to plead the fifth, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Did your street thugging career stop with the tagging or did you cross over into the gang banging as well? Nah, I didn't uh, fully go on like front line, but okay. it, it, I used to say, put it like this, if I get locked up, you know, send me I to a, a neighborhood dorm right. and shit, you know what I'm saying? That's because cool. if I'm gonna get pressed, 
then I'm gonna be with motherfuckers that's from my area. Shout so out I to really, my shout know. out to Davey, my boy Bullet Loco from 97. That ain't from 97. It's the craziest thing in my life. I'll be on the internet sometime and I'll be having niggas troll me. That's from the east side. That ain't from my mm -hmm. section, right? And then they'll be like, man, you ain't from you ain't really no 97. Nigga, I fuck with niggas like Bullet. And I sent it to Bullet and me and Bullet laugh hard as a motherfucker. <laughs> Cause he one of my partners, one of my best friends in life to this day. But he was like raised on 97th Street from a very young age. Okay. And like he's synonymous with the environment, the area, but yeah. he's not actually from the hood. Mm -hmm. Every game bang. And I'm so proud of him because the homies apply so much pressure on him through the years. And mm -hmm. without him being aggressive, saying, You got me fucked up, he finessed his way saying, Y'all got me fucked up. I'm not never. Right. And he never skipped a beat on the block. He had all the support from the homies. He mm -hmm. politicked with the homies. When the homies needed him for something, they were able to come for him. He facilitated certain shit. But when we called a meeting, and I'm, I admire yeah. him so much for that because at one point in life, who he seemed to be looked like a weakness. Mm. But as you mature into a man, you see the strength that it represented. I salute you, yeah. uh, Bullet, on my mama mama. Um, I, I feel it's, it's important because there's different roles from what I, in my experience and growing up in that, there's different roles that people play in, in gangs and shit. Everybody ain't no front line handers. Some motherfuckers is hustlers. Some motherfuckers is just around. And Busters. Think, they, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that you ain't getting no stripes from no hood. But it's being, still, you know, you're going to have to give it up. It's still not a complete hood if unless yeah. all those elements are mm -hmm. present, just like in the ocean. You got the things that are healthy for the ocean, but it's not a complete ocean without the bullshit. Right. That's why we have scavengers. Yeah. Go ahead. So, I mean, you, you, everybody needs a motherfucker who could cross that threshold and get in different circles and represent their area in a way where the message don't get distorted. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shout out to my homie Baby Stein from 6ix9ine because one of the things he expressed to me recently in a text message as I've been making moves that are uh, a progress personally for me, but sometimes may cause your image to be in question with your old roots. Right. He said something to me recently. He was like, man, one thing I can say about you is you don't misrepresent the section. And it's kind of difficult to find yourself at that position with some of your most reputable comrades when you're on here trying to be positive, trying to be progressive with positivity and clean cut, not trying to accentuate or highlight the things that you did in the past that made you a bad guy when you're trying to leave those things in the shadow yeah. and rely on your more positive attribute. Sometimes it's kind of hard to make sure those that really know what you've been up to are not, you know, disappointed in how you're presenting yourself. So when you right. find people supportive of it, it kind of, you just kind of put me in the mind frame of that. Yeah, it's all about diversity, man. But hip hop really saved me from a lot of uh, shit that I had to learn the hard way. You know what I'm saying? I found um, a strong admiration for graffiti and hip hop and emceeing and, and uh, you know, the, all the elements. You feel me? Earlier on, before we were on camera and we were just having a discussion, you mentioned sobriety. Mm -hmm. 12 years. Yes, sir. Um, you don't look like an individual that I would have imagined that has gone through that type of thing in life. Yeah, Salute yeah. to you on Appreciate the 12 you. years. Appreciate you. Salute to you on All the right. transparency of telling me that. Yeah. And I would have no way of knowing that. Give us a little bit of your background, yeah. your struggle, uh, your ups and downs with being an addict. Let me see. Um, <clears throat> I was just sharing about this on Instagram earlier. Um, I, I came across uh, 
sobriety and recovery by way of a court case. Um, it was a, a two counts of robbery that I caught at this place called uh, Numero Uno's on Vernon in Vermont. It was Piece a of place. Grocery store and shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I was living in the house on Vernon in Kansas with some other um, other cats, you know, who was, who was from sets and shit, you know, uh, Chili Chill, um, Avalon, and uh, this other cat from Spook. Okay. And uh, it was already some cats. Uh, we had a dude from Santana, a dude from Great. So the ha that shit was brewing already in the house. So they had uh, ran off the manager of the property and it was just wide open. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? And um, I'm on my shit, they on they shit. And, and I caught a case right there at that numero uno's. And uh, I was already on parole. I had parole from Tehachapi State Prison. How old were you? Uh, let me see. This was probably like mid 30s. Okay. A little later in life. So um, you had, up until this point in your life, you hadn't considered yourself an addict at all? Mm-mm. Okay, nah, I was in denial. Um, oh, but you had been still dealing with heavy Yeah, drugs. I still been doing doing my shit, you know what I'm saying? So how old yeah. were you when you first started experimenting with what we consider heavy drugs? All right. Not uh, weed, not ecstasy. I'm talking beyond that. Okay, let me see. I would say mid-20s, something like that. And what would be the first drug you did that you considered heavy? Uh, the yada. <laughs> and what was this? I had I'd already got wet a couple of times okay. before that. You, did you, you like getting wet? Uh, nah, it wasn't really. It was like an extracurricular thing and shit. I got wet one time in my life, and I didn't know I was getting wet while I got wet. Mm, and right, I laced your shit. Yeah, yeah, mm. out of town in Alabama. And what I can recall is, if I could have got one percent mm. of what I experienced, I probably would have loved it. But it was so overwhelming to where I had no control over myself, something I would never want to experience again. So I, I just know in my mind, if I could control and dial down the- Right, right. I, but I I got homies that I used to love and respect and adore that I lost all my admiration and respect for because I saw what the water did to them. I saw them go from solid soldiers to just shells of themselves. Yeah, well, that's the thing about addiction. You can never see it coming until you win it. <sighs> and it's uh, progressive. You know what I'm saying? You might think you have it in control, but like I say, the, the disease of addiction is progressive and shit. And um, you know, you got this gorilla on your back. Once you stop feeding it bananas and shit, it only gets stronger. Uh, you know, so, so you say you went from fucking with wet, mm -hmm. and it was the yada, other and, hard shit after that. And you know but, but wet is a downer, correct? Yeah. And then the yada's an upper. Yeah. So as an addict, being addicted to such a downing situation, what is it about the upper high that caused it to be such a, is it, it's such a well, difference? Mind you though, I'm I'm like, uh, you know, I'm a MC in the studio all the time and shit. So we thinking this is like our creative crutch and shit. That's the delusion part of it. Like we need that to- Is it really? Because yeah. if you listen to, if you get the history on John Lennon, nigga, yeah. Prince, Michael Jackson, nigga, James Brown, nigga. On that shit. What, nigga. <laughs> I mean, just like, you know, um, being um, intoxicated is to some degree a gateway to uh -huh. the other realms. It does open up different, Talk, different parts of the it brain that you don't have access to. It's not use, it's wrong, it's abuse. I, Mm -hmm. Don't don't ever blame the drug, man. It's just uh, you know, um, addict addiction is centered around the way that you think and your behavior. So, the drug is a drug. 
and that's it. You know what I'm saying? It's my response to the drug that makes me keep going back and going back, and then my life becomes unmanageable, and it's progressively getting worse. So is tolerance you know. a word that means a lot to you these days? Yeah, I mean, you know, certain people. I can't, I can't tell nobody what their status is. I just know for me how it got. So traditionally they would say once an addict, always an addict. Mm -hmm. And I guess that means that no matter how long you've been clean, you can never just feel assumed that you could trust yourself around the temptation of what once was your vice. Do you feel that yeah. way? Yeah, I, I, I think in, in that regard, I believe they talking about once you take See, addiction is centered around things that don't have nothing to do with drugs. It can it can mm. manifest itself from different behaviors. And Miss K taught you know. me that she was my um, DUI instructor at one point, and then she she became a personal friend of mine. She's still a personal friend of mine, but she taught me that a lot of times, it's not about that. It's other things, such as yeah, what? Yeah. So say like you know you could be manipulative and trying to get over on shit, and you know what I'm saying. It's just different. Say so, like somebody put a, a, a substance down, they might cross addiction that for shopping or gambling or mm. some shit that's you know not as apparently bad, you know. But uh, so, do you believe that your experience with heavy narcotics first, like you say? Um, so I, I excluded ecstasy, mm -hmm. but did your progression go from weed, ecstasy, then sherm, or was it? Just weed to shine. It was all of it. I just say just substance, count. substance abuse, period. I, and, I mean, I didn't try everything other than needles and, and the straight flute, so, but you so, know, I don't like so, to really get into like the actual substances and shit. It's, it's at a point now, it's just like uh, substance abuse, period. So, shit. Okay, so instead yeah. of describing everything that you have taken, tell us the things that you definitely have never taken, if there are. Um, I ain't never did dog food, never did heroin. Okay. Um, in no forms? Nah. Opiates at all? This new wave that everybody's in, no form of opiates? Mm -mm, nah, nah. So 12 nah, years, that, uh, that's yeah, right before that, the- before the, the, okay. the, 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 the ice cream truck drugs and okay. shit came out, you know what I'm saying? But- um, You trust it, like saying right now, mm -hmm. the shit that you love, if me, him, and him was right here doing it, do you trust yourself being here and saying I'm cool? Yeah. Yep, I'm, I'm in scenarios all day, every day. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm still in this victory. in this hip hop community. I do shows. I go to studios. I I go to painting events and all that. And and that should be oh, very proud. Damn, Nightblood Nip, one of the most authentic, artistic, yes sir, uh, elegant recreations of his essence I've seen in a portrait is the one that you rendered. I'm gonna make sure at this point in the visual. We have it pop up on the screen right now. Okay. Um, so, graffiti uh, is one thing, homie. Yeah. Where did you get the fucking <laughs> ability to do a animated version of him that is so authentic and real, but yet it's still not a photograph? It's, nah. it's it looks like a photograph, but it's obviously not. Yeah. Did you study for man. this? Train for this? Or this is a natural God-given ability? Nah, I, I ain't never been to school for. For what I do, no uh, type of educational shit on that. It's just trial and error, bro. Practicing and and looking at motherfuckers who used to do it before me. Shout out Ink One. You know what I'm saying? He the one that did the uh, Nip Mural at Fat Burger. Yeah, that's your people's, right? Yeah, that's the homie Ink because One. Because when I was RTN, when I was introduced to your uh, profile before I met you, mm -hmm. it was including that you had done that. 
No. So when I, I I'm gonna reach, I'm gonna, you yeah. can't lie, factual fitness. When I reached out to you, it was under the assumption that you had done that mural, one that a lot of us have grown to appreciate. But that's just yeah. a constituent, a partner. You, yeah, that's a partner of mine. That was a miscommunication. But I was, I was, out, I was out there when he was doing it. We pulled all nighters on that shit. You know what's up though? Hmm? You know what's happening? What's happening? You are now my guy for all that type of work. For sure, I, I got, got you. I got one guy that lives in Florida, tattooed Danny. You know I ain't gonna sell you out. He was uh, he he sleeved this whole on. He did that G unit tattoo. Okay. And um, he's a tattoo artist for the stars. And I remember when Young Buck bought his house in Nashville, mm -hmm. tattoo Danny came and like did the walls, like some shit like wow. you do. That's right. So tattoo Danny's the only person that'll ever be able to get up where you at. But the yeah. new venues I'm about to establish, I need you on my walls. Okay, and got from, you. And from this point on. Until God say something other graphic, I'm fucking with you, bro. I appreciate y'all ain't seen what I seen. So appreciate on you. my mama, mama, he his hand is blessed by God. On my mama, mama, I, I, I did end up doing a Nipsey though, but it, it was a commission job downtown at um the one you showed me. Yeah, one of these tent shops. I'm gonna have and that. Were, uh, I'm gonna have that pull up right now too. Say it again. Go ahead. It was for some for some Pisces, man. And uh, the picture I chose to do a nip, it had the Slauson right there, but um. Uh, I had to remind myself this is a commission job because they, they asked me to change the sloss into like 11th Street or some old weird street, man. I really had to separate myself from it emotionally because I'm, I'm fucking with, that's Crenshaw District. I'm out of the Crenshaw District. I don't give a fuck what what his music sound like. I'm behind him. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He I out think, here I think they making differences and shit. If you would have stuck to your, I think they would end up respecting it. Yeah, yeah, they, like, they pushed it hard. Another it was, way to incorporate they yeah. street. Oh, exactly. I'm saying, I'm telling them all that. They like, you going to get paid or not? Oh, well. Okay, well hey, man. Do you, you know. So now, I I can't help but ask, do you feel like you, in some way, dishonored his legacy by, he all money in, though, my nigga. So it's yeah. nothing. Don't feel like, that's how he, the marathon continues. Carry your right, marathon. Right, that's right, what he right. taught us. So mm -hmm. he would not feel bad. Night bud. He told me he could count yeah. on me. You got to give me some. Mm -hmm. gotta, he told me. He could count on me, so I'm gonna let you yeah. know. Message from Cuz, he ain't tripping. For sure, he would, I appreciate He would've that. want you to get it's that just, chance. I, you know, I grew up in that area, so I know how serious it is about, he you know what I'm saying, the soil and the shit. The fact that you, you took it that serious is enough. Yeah. That's enough, your spirit is in the right place. Cause I'm gonna tell you something, cuz I was in a position right before he passed where I had an independent deal with Cleopatra Records. Mm. Shout out Omar the Iceman who put that in position for me, who had did some things for him when he was still on the up and coming. and. I had a record that um, Nipsey had just blessed me with entitled Count On You. Mm. And when I played it for the label, they got kind of stoked. So I, I text Nipsey, I'm like, cuz, I got these white folks, I think they had cut a check for that record, cuz. I was like, hey, do you think, I'm talking with a huge lump in my throat, Paul's like, do you think maybe <laughs> if they cut me a check or pay something that you could like split the money with me or throw me something off of it? Cuz respond immediately cuz I don't want no money SPI. So now I'm like, sweaty perms like, well, what if they wanna write the check to you? Cause the company is a real corporate established company. I'm not, you know, I'm thinking they're gonna wanna directly pay the artist. He say, they cut me a check, I cut you a check. Solid, bro. Solid. Like, boy, I love solid. you, cuz. Oh, my mama, mama. That's how he did it. So I would like to reciprocate that energy to somebody that I've seen put so much of their artistic passion of rendering such a beautiful version of cuz because I made beautiful the word 
established and then the only thing other than that they want to call beautiful nipsey blue and i share that because oh my mama mama i hate to do what i'm about to do right now i'm running against the clock today Mm. And I need to cut this shit short. It's all good. As I, I appreciate you, you, bro. No, I appreciate you. As I yes, extend sir. you an invitation to return, my nigga, right. my mama, mama, and we gonna politic on everything. Yeah. Just one last question. Help me. What's Come up? On. What happens with Black Americans, young Black American kids in LA, not embracing tagging anymore? So ask that because it's all Mexican. Oh man. It's all Mexican. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I want to ask you about tattoo. No, no. Let me ask. Okay. Go ahead. Can you do me? I want to. I've been curious as to this. I look at the, you know, the tagging scene now. When I see brand new paint up, that's not game bang. That got colors and artistic and graffiti. Yeah, it always seems to have like a a Latin twist. Mm. Is the black scene of graffiti in LA dead and only Latins participating? What happened to us? Nah, the black writers ain't dead. We got a, uh, we got, we have a. Um, a strong impact on the history of where it's at now. And sometimes I get in my feelings like, man, y'all trying to write us out of some shit. You got us fucked mm -hmm. up. You know what I'm saying? But um, it's on us to be more prevalent, man. I, I don't believe in like crying over spilled milk, like it's them and they didn't. Nah, man, we just gonna have to tighten our shit up and make our presence a little bit more known. You know what I'm saying? But the real ones know. They but, know about the but bus do, 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 are You guys still have a community that are aware of the active people that's fresh mm -hmm. right now? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Just, just um, off of driving through the city and like noticing like, ooh, okay, I see what's popping. Cause yeah. I can know what's game bang is going on by just driving through and like, okay. So y'all have your own little like, oh, I yeah. see. Well, I mean, you know, you the first, one of the first um, uh, old crew out here in LA is a crew called CMA, Criminal Minded Artists. And um, shout out to my homeboy Castro. And then after that came a crew called Rockin' the Nation. Uh, shout out to the homie Create, Mark Seven, and Inc. One. Those are black-based crews in LA. You know what I'm saying? And um, the, we ain't going nowhere. That's right. You know what I'm saying? I, and uh, you know, I, I, I trip off of motherfuckers who try to bring politics into graffiti. But like like part-time Southsider motherfuckers. I'm like, man, if you mm. want a gangbang, man, go join a gang. So y'all push you know that similar to the motorcycle club mm -hmm. and the low riding. Yeah affiliated but as much as they can keep that shit out of here but yeah it, it still bleeds over to some extent mm -hmm. well i mean this is la if you off the porch you're gonna fall up under some umbrella right. at some point you know unless you just like a complete like church boy so, for the rest of you know coming from a teenager that, you know. and becoming a seasoned adult and you avoided the tag of gangbanger but you mm -hmm. still a g and i'm gonna give you that just for me Appreciate soaking you, up your, yeah mm -hmm. How do you feel being such a rare dinosaur amongst such a few who can have that persona and not be obligated to the bullshit that we kind of sold our soul to? I salute you for that. Cause there's very you, few that maintain that. Mm -hmm. oh, my mama, my rest in peace, Black Rick, front street situation, never affiliated. He like my big bro and like my, my homie Bullet. These are the people I admire out of my East Side experience more so than the people that I know really get gritty. It's the yeah. ones that had to strip not to fall to the participation, mm -hmm. not on no buster shit. Yeah. Cause it would have been more of a buster for them to do what they didn't want to do cause we wanted them to do it. So I admire that energy. Let me see, what would tell, ask me that question again. It wasn't no question, that was the me dinosaur, you was like, okay, so I, I just try to stay humble, bro. And uh, I know shit came before me, I just wanna make an impact and mm. on, on, the, on, on the world, you know what I'm saying? On LA first, you know what I'm saying? Crenshaw District first, but the world, 
You know what I'm saying? That it's possible, man. If you're struggling with addiction or don't know what, 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 I, I, you sound like that's some, like some shit he probably said before. Cause you sure you ain't copy that? <laughs> <laughs> that sound like some neighborhood crib shit. Oh, wow, 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 wow. No, but that's fly that's as fuck. That frequency, bro. Yeah, that's I, that I agree. I agree. And, and one thing he used to constantly say to me in our in our latest days before he passed was, I found myself complimenting him kind of frequently. Just naturally, and his response was always so smooth, utter, and um, me humble and immediate. He'd be like, "I ain't sharp, I just be high." Like every time you try to give him a compliment, give it right back, and it remind me rest in peace to the homegirl Jessica, uh, Jessica James, because she was one of the hardest female MCs I ever knew. And we did a song called "Good Money" with Baguettes at one time, and my boy Cartoon from No Love on the record, and she just had a bar that just stuck out to me. She was like. Some some something, you know the deal. And everybody balling like, give me the bill. Like, you feel me? Like everybody at the table, like instead of like trying to duck, duck the bill, we squabbling over right. the bill. Like, I got it, I got it, I got it. Yeah, that's, that's where we yeah, want to be, man. Solid. Oh my solid, my mama, solid, rest shit. in peace, Jessica James. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I want to ask you this before I go, bro. Why is it do you believe that a person like me will go to a Latino for a tattoo before I go to you. Cause I promise you I will. Hey man, <laughs> on the real bro. Hey man, I love my people man, but our business level, our business understanding, we need help in that area, you know what I'm saying? But even without that, we're you so know? artistically dominant in so many other areas. I have no yeah. problem admitting that's not one of them. Mm -hmm. That's not one. We yeah. are artistic. Well, I remember being in, in, being up in there behind them walls I was at one point the only black on the yard hitting portraits. And I can shit. imagine when you I know see what your saying? hand. Yeah, motherfuckers, that was my hustle in there. I stayed with some in the locker. I, I hit the, the one yard. My my bunkie was a Mac rep. Shot me the TV, doing a portrait of my daughter and shit. And shit just grew from there. And I don't know, man. It's just is what it is. But I seen some dope ass essays up in there. Get down with they script and they they portrait shit. But that stay shit. Do you, you know? do podcasting as a, a hobby or a job or regularly? Or is this new I to you? I have not. I'm, I'm starting to do engaging more with my audience on uh, Instagram. It's going to grow in the Are song. you interested in doing podcasting more so as a- Hell yeah, yeah, I'm, man. I might call you back to be more of a co-host in a future episode because I kind of like the way you carry yourself, the way you, you think about things before you speak. I like the cadence of your speech and I like your history and your experience. So Appreciate you, bro. I'm kind of like trying to find certain personalities that I can re-invite for future yeah. episodes. It don't have to be about you and me. We could talk about things that's just pertinent to our communities. All so right, I'm, I'm with that. I'm, I'm with put that. you on that list. I appreciate you. Iron sharpen iron. Oh my right? mama, night <laughs> Oh my mama, mama. Facts hey, on the podcast. Me, can, I plug, can I plug one more thing, man? That's what I'm uh, tell you. Tell, tell them, that's your camera. That's the audience. Man. That's the whole world. For the music, Follow Monstro on all streaming platforms for the graffiti. You can follow Stro underscore Warner on Instagram. Uh, I'm with a crew called West Coast Creations. We got a show this weekend. We opening up for a rapper called Cool Keith. We gonna have Medusa with us, AC alone, uh, me, Mr. CR. Shout out Mr. CR, shout out Patrick Antonian. You know what I'm saying? Tap in for the music. Appreciate you. If we can somehow get him that clip today for his little promo, that little piece for his shit, that'll be beautiful, Alex. If we can't, it's not gonna happen, homie. I'm sorry, I already All got good. it in the production. But I appreciate you. Likewise. And I especially appreciate you being very uh, tapped into the fact that I'm on this rush schedule, man, and you gotta come back. The blue carpet. Yeah, salute on that. I ain't gonna, you know. Yeah, yeah.
Yeah, you already know. Much love. Yeah. Factual Feeling, the podcast. Shout out to Street TV, the whole squad, the whole crew. And we do. You already know everything blue. The life we live right now is all about the money. So what you gonna do when you ain't got no money?